Well, hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Again, we're going back to Second Chronicles. There's so many awesome stories back here. And uh, we've had a couple of really good ones, Jehoshaphat and Jehoiada, but today we're going to kind of take a turn to uh, Hezekiah's son Manasseh. And he was a very wicked king. Um, and I hope you'll go read the story. I wish we had time to just tell the whole story. Well, just a little backstory. I mean, we talked about Hezekiah last week. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful king he was. Mm -hmm. um, what we didn't talk about last week was that uh, when Hezekiah, I believe, was 39, uh, God sent his pastor Isaiah to tell him that he was going to die. Hezekiah had a problem. Uh, it may have been a terrible infection. I can't really tell. The Bible is not real clear on that. But uh, God was telling Hezekiah, you need to set your house in order because you're going to die. And uh, Isaiah told him that. And when Isaiah left the palace, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed. And he, he asked God to lengthen his life. And God stopped Isaiah and turned him back. And he went back into the palace and told him he was going to add, God was going to have 15 years to ask God's life. Um, and it sounds like a great thing. Yeah. But it's complicated to me. And it's one of those things, I guess, if we still care, we can ask God about when we get to heaven. Because in the last 15 years of his life, Hezekiah, this extraordinary king who had this amazing record, he kind of lost his way. But what's really interesting is that in those 15 years, he had a son born. And his son was not born in those years where Hezekiah was tested constantly and, and God kept coming through. He was born in the easy days. Mm -hmm. And that son was by the name of Manasseh. Now, I don't know. Like I said, when we get to heaven, we can ask God, was 15 years that God added to his life, was that God just allowing his permissive will? Or was it God's, you know, really God's direct will to take Hezekiah home mm -hmm. when he was such a champion? I don't know. It's just the ways of God. But, you know, sometimes uh God's will, even though, well, always God's will, even though we may not understand, it's always best. It's best for mm -hmm. reasons that we'll never know till we get to heaven. Mm -hmm. So Manasseh was so different from Hezekiah. And if you go and grab your Bible and read the accounts of Manasseh's life, he did so wickedly. And in fact, it even details that he even sacrificed his sons yeah. and daughters in the fire. So he was, and the Bible tells us up to that point, he was the most wicked king that they you'd had, ever had. had. Yes, he at was. that point. But here's where the the story takes a turn. So in chapter 33, and we're going to look down in verse 12. Yes, in verse 12. Um, well, let's back up to 10. Give us a little running start here. So verse 10 says, The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored all his warnings. So the Lord sent the commanders of the Assyrian armies, and they took Manasseh prisoner. They put a ring through his nose and bound him in bronze chains and led him away to Babylon. But, here's the verse, But while in deep distress, Manasseh sought the Lord his God and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. Look at this in verse 13. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. Now, if you were the most wicked king and did these horrible things and you get in big trouble and so then you start praying to God, God could have said, are you kidding? You know, you want me to listen to you? And the reason I want to emphasize that is I've talked to so many people who feel like they've gone way too far. Um, I think you even talked to someone even this past week. You know, they have such a long list of being in rebellion against God, they feel like there's no hope. If there is is hope for Manasseh, 
there's hope for anyone. When he prayed, God listened, and God was moved with compassion and answered him. What a lesson. I had the opportunity this week to talk to a gentleman who the doctors have said is terminal. Mm. And um, I, I sat in his house and I said, you can, and I held up the Bible, and I said, you cannot find a place in this book where somebody asks God for forgiveness and God said no. That's true. We mm. are in the chapter that if God would ever say no to anybody, mm. he would say no to Manasseh because he had led the nation into of Judah oh, into evil. His mm. dad had been a great leader. He should have known better, but he, he just did wicked things. And, and again, there's no king in Judah that did anything close to the wicked things that Manasseh did mm. in Judah. And yet... At when he was at the bottom, and and somebody could say, you know, you know, every once in a while I hear people say, all oh, the people in prison, they all, you know, they all mm-hmm, repent, mm-hmm. you know, and and I recognize that there's so there's such a thing as what people call jailhouse con- conversions, but there are a whole lot of people who yes, accept Christ in, yes. in prison, and I think sometimes it's a self righteous attitude that even goes to those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In other words, the idea, well, I've, I've never been to jail, so consequently the people... So that person hasn't been saved from very much. <laughs> right, right. Jesus talked about that mm-hmm, in, in the New mm-hmm. Testament. But the truth of the matter is, uh, there are people, so many people, that are not open to the Lord until they hit bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to be respectful of that, because yes. sometimes it's in hitting bottom that, like the prodigal son, people come to themselves. Yes. And, you know, as evidence of the dramatic change in Manasseh's life, if you grab your Bible, read the rest of the story, because he lived out a completely different life. When God brought him back, he turned things around. Um, so I hope you'll grab your Bible. And read I, I really enjoyed preaching the Sermon on Manasseh uh, in Kings and Queens. I can't even remember mm-hmm. what I titled it uh, back then. But I really do love this story. It's a story of a man who just did everything horribly wrong. I mean, you, we, there's no way we can get into mm. the depth of his sin. Was he as bad as Ahab in Israel? Probably. Mm-hmm. And yet God heard his prayer and forgave him. The depth and the magnitude of the grace and love of mm. God, you know, is just so, so great. And Which we, reminds me, there's a great example of the grace of God in the Old Testament. Oh, my, yes. yes so many times <laughs> over and over. It's like Paul is telling <clears throat> us, the people in the Old Testament were saved just like we're mm-hmm, saved. They weren't mm-hmm. saved by keeping the law because, as Paul points out, none of them could keep it. Mm. Well, wherever this uh, story finds you today, first of all, I hope you'll grab your Bible and read the whole story because I believe it will inspire you and encourage you. And maybe it'll be a story that you can share with someone in your life that's really struggling uh, with God's forgiveness and, and, and whether or not they can approach God for forgiveness. And so I hope that will inspire you today. I just want to look in the camera and talk to every person watching today. You have never done anything so bad that God cannot forgive you. Mm. There is nothing on your worst day, on in your most shameful thought or action, there is nothing in your past that God will not, cannot forgive if we will come and ask him, this man is proof positive. If mm-hmm. God could forgive Manasseh, he can forgive you. He can forgive me. There's nobody who's unforgivable. Isn't that great to know? Oh, that's wonderful. And on that note, can you lead us in prayer this morning? Oh, Father, we are all sinners, as your word declares. And there is none of us that is righteous, not a single one. And your word says in the book of 1 John that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we will confess, if we will turn, and if we will come to you, you will forgive us. 
Father, we celebrate your grace. Jesus, we celebrate the sacrifice that you made on the cross to pay and to make that possible. Holy Spirit, thank you for making it real in our hearts today. May we all, wherever this finds us, if it finds us in a high spiritual place of walking with you, or if it finds someone today in a place of lowness and despair, oh Father, may we all celebrate together as brothers and sisters of flawed, uh, flawed, broken people. May we celebrate your grace and mercy through the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Mark, for praying for us this morning. And if you want to share a prayer request with us or if you want more information, uh, if, if you have questions that you need answered, you can always text uh, t- uh, 97, text talk to us to 97,000 and talk to us just all like it's one word to 97,000. And there's an option on there that you can let them know that you were watching Noah's window and you can share with us a prayer request or a question that you might have. We would love to hear from you. And tonight, Mary Alice, uh, we're looking at First Wednesday. Yes. It's a very special service. Jonathan has got a tremendous message that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has put on his heart. So uh, we would encourage you to attend First Wednesday at New Springs at 6.30 tonight. There will be communion and then worship and a message uh, from God's Word. Yes. So thank you again for joining us. Hope to see you tonight and see you again tomorrow here on Noah's Window. That's right. We'll see you soon. God bless.